0: Disclaimer, we do not own or claim ownership of the Pokemon franchise and any Pokemon established in official canon. That's all owned by Nintendo, Game Freak, and Creatures. This is just a podcast made by four friends who love Pokemon. It's our love letter to a franchise most of us grew up with, so please go support the official release. We start things off in the Kalos region, central Lumio City. There sits the Foy Bay University, a place for young students to hone their artistic skills. Students like you, Maddie. It's early morning, and you are sitting in this... Stylish faculty office that looks like an old library and a grand theater had a baby, mm. complete with red velvety chairs. And this office belongs to your mentor, who is named... Going to need a hoity-toity name for this. Wait,
1: wait, does he have to be French?
0: Absolutely. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, Monsieur Bourgeois.
0: <laughs> you have been called in this late morning to meet with Professor Bourgeois. <laughs> you are sitting on one side of the, this rich mahogany desk, and he's finishing his morning coffee on the other side. And he leans back and says, Now, Maddie, I have here three dress designs that a student of mine drew. I want you to share your critique with me. Their boons, their flaws, which one strikes the sweetest chord with you, we? And be ruthless about it. And he puts these three designs in front of you. Uh,
1: if I'm being honest, the polka dots are very last season. Uh, but, uh... Why are, Why are they all the same? dress?:
0: That's what I had thought myself. And then I also noticed something that you might have not picked out and you he points to a coffee stain, something that's smudged underneath it. You're able to look at it and make out your own signature.
1: Oh <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, I do not have an explanation for that.
0: Look, my love, your works are like a songbird of Lumio's culture, but it is the only song you sing.
1: But I worked hard on these
0: designs. And I see that, and yes, they are good, but you are stuck in how they say... Oh. Surely you have to have other experiences to draw upon, you know, outside of this cesspool of sheep.
1: I, I like it here, though. But
0: what you need is to step outside your comfort zone, or at least Lumio City. Have you ever been out of here? No. Well, we do have a wide selection of study abroad programs.
1: Mm, study abroad?
0: We. Oui. Have you ever been to a place called Appalachia? Cut to about two weeks later, and we find ourselves in the Appalachian region. The smell of salty sea air wafts through the boardwalks of Port Gala, the barrier islands that lie east of the mainland. They act as the first gateway for all fresh trainers and tourists coming right off the boat. And we join Chris and his daughter, Emily. I think at this time, she'd be about 11 or 12 years old. That's safe to say? Mm Mm-hmm. So dry between father and daughter... Who is more anxious to see Emily go off on her adventure?
2: Father, most definitely.
0: <laughs> okay, well, paint me a word picture. How's he
2: feeling? Chris is feeling very... He's excited that his 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 baby girl is finally branching out into the world, but it's clashing with a lot of feelings. He's like, I want her to stay home just a little bit longer so I can just kind of watch over her and make sure that she is 100% ready to be out and about in the world. But at the same time, I can't be a helicopter father, so it's it's conflicting with him, so he's trying his best to fake his enthusiasm for this new region.
0: So the two of you are waiting for the Pokemon professor to arrive. What's Chris doing right now?
2: Chris, at this point in time, is bringing back a snack to Emily. And by bringing back a snack, I mean he quite literally reaches into, like, his, his bag and pulls out, like, two sandwiches. He's made a bag of chips and, like, two containers full of like a drink and he's like okay sweetie so we have an array to kind of choose from uh I didn't know what to pick so I got your favorites and you know did I forget anything
0: y- are you hungry uh, thank you dad um how long have those been in the bag uh what week is it yeah just my drink thank you yeah, that's a and she takes a sip of what i'm assuming is apple juice mhm
2: <sighs> so uh a new adventure is going to be happening pretty soon, huh? Uh, how, how are you, uh, are you holding up so far?
0: <laughs> I am pumped! Plus, I got my lucky cards, and she pulls out three trading cards from her hat. Uh, there's one of Red, one of Ethan, one of Brandon, all of these famous, well-known young heroes and champions.
2: Ah, oh, yes, I remember I got those for you. Oh, man, it's, it's been a while since I've seen those things. But it does make me very happy that you've kept on to them. But, you know, are you sure you don't want to wait maybe just a little bit longer before starting your journey? I mean, I know you're just a year past the age of starting your journey, but, you know, sometimes waiting is a little bit better than jumping headfirst into something.
0: Dad, I'm already 12 years old. If I wait any longer, I'm going to be like an old maid. Uh, No no offense, Dad. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Right, uh, well, uh, uh... Dad, are you going to be okay by yourself? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be fine, honey, I mean, c-
2: come on, it's, it's me, your dad, like, I, I,
0: I have the dogs, you know, there's, uh, books, and... She just, uh, sort of just, uh, pats you on the back. Thank you, honey. It's going to be okay.
2: You're right, I, uh, I guess I'm just a little anxious you know i guess i'm just a little nervous you know even though i shouldn't be the one nervous cuz you're the one setting out on the adventure to a new to a new place that uh, you never you don't really know about
0: i know isn't it exciting hmm
2: he just like opens his container he's like mhm and just starts drinking it <laughs>
0: You are interrupted from your drowning your anxiety by a screech from up above. You spot a breviary above you carrying this large figure, uh, and then carrying becomes carried, and suddenly this large figure is hurtling towards the ground like an anvil. Ah, oh, sweet peaches and And the figure lands with a wood-shaking boom! You can actually hear the waves underneath the boardwalks being formed from her impact, and it is in fact a she and she stands up to her full seven foot something and straightens out her tiny spectacles. Well, hey, uh, sorry if I uh, spooked you there. I think I, um, and she ruffles around in her coat and, yep, looks like I lost the darn photo on the way here, but I'm pretty sure you're Chris and Emily? Uh, d- d- uh, y- y- yeah, yeah, uh,
2: <clears throat> yes, uh, I-, I, am, I am Chris and this is my adorable daughter, Emily. You
0: must be the professor, right? And she extends a giant hand towards you and says, Professor Tallulah Maple, researcher and conservationalist.
2: He extends his hands and shakes it firmly. He's like,
0: wonderful to meet you. So, uh, and her hand is twice as big as yours. My
2: word. So, um, I see that you are the professor that will be the starting my daughter's journey onto a new
0: region, correct? Yes, siree. Well, my assistant was going to take care of it, but, well, I haven't seen a trainer off in ages, so I gave him my errands instead, and here I am. Going to give her the full Appalachian experience. Ooh, what's the full experience? Well, first I'm going to take her up north back to Russet Town, and we're going to get her a brand new starter to set her off on her journey. Ooh, a new starter?
2: That sounds nice, right, honey? You're big. (laughs) Well, I do eat my greens. So, um, uh, Professor... How long should this journey last? Is there a time limit for her, or is she just free to do it at her own pace? Uh... Well,
0: that's a uh, that's a tricky question there, Chris. When a journey starts or ends, if, if it ever ends at all, mm. well, that's really up to Emily. Truth be told, only one of my trainers have ever made it to being champion here, but I think I'm looking at lucky number two here. And Emily's eyes are
2: lit up now. Chris just kind of nervously looks back to his daughter. You know, honey, you
0: haven't completely moved out of the house yet. I mean... She looks a bit frustrated at your accidental lack of confidence in her. But then she pulls out her lucky cards and says to you, Dad, I want to be like them. I want to be better than them. I want to catch a legendary. I want to be the champion. I want to take out an evil organization just for kicks. He sweats very loudly. I can do this. I have to do this! Hmm, that's my, uh, my girl! Uh, Emily, you mind feeding Eddie for me while your pops and I have a little side chat here? And Maple hands her a big bag of Pokemon food, and Emily goes off to feed the Braviary. Professor Maple takes you a bit closer towards the pier out of earshot. Look, I, I get it. Your little baby birds leaving the nest, you got every right to be nervous. <laughs> what, me? Nervous? No, I would never be nervous. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm
2: the calmest parent that can be. <laughs> man, it's getting hot in here. He just starts wiping his forehead with a scarf. He's like, oh man.
0: <sighs> of course you wouldn't be nervous. But uh, just in case you have any questions or concerns, uh, here's my sea gear number. And she presses a button on her sea gear, which causes your own to ding with the new contact information she just gave you.
2: Oh, that actually kind of puts my mind at ease a little. Thank you.
0: And she spots the time on her sea gear and says, Yep, sorry, but looks like it's about time that we head back. (sighs) Emily, want to give your pops a little goodbye before we head off? And Emily runs back towards you, and she looks up to you. Not gonna
2: cry. Not gonna cry. My son, I my
0: cry. She gives you a big hug.
2: Aww. Love
0: you too, Dad.
2: Chris leans down and hugs her back, and he's trying his best not to cry.
0: You're gonna do good, honey. I believe in you. Please don't forget to, to contact your dad. Dad, you're getting my hat wet.
2: I'm sorry, it's is an emotional message. It's a really nice hat. I remember when we bought this for you. You got great fashion sense, You're going
0: wonderful. Dad. He.
2: Let's her go, he stands back up, and he's, uh...
0: swiping away the tears. <sighs> Good luck, sweetie! Finally, Professor Maple helps Emily up onto the Braviary. All right, Eddie, you give her a nice view, and I'm gonna get my steps in! And they wave goodbye to you, and disappear into the distance. And your daughter has now left the nest.
2: As bittersweet as it is, he knows that she'll be okay.
0: Yellow KVox here. Gonna pause the game real quick so we can do some shoutouts and updates. Uh, first off, thank you guys so much for the warm reception you've given us so far. It means a whole lot to me and the rest of the Legacy crew. Uh, we actually got some fan art, too, and uh, I actually don't remember if I've ever received fan art or not before. So, seeing it makes my day. More, please. Uh, but seriously, thank you guys so much. Uh, Second, some of you folks asked if you could download the podcast and take it on the go. Well, good news, we have it on Buzzsprout, we have it on iTunes, we have it on Spotify, so if you're watching the YouTube version, the link should be in the description below, and if you're not watching the YouTube version, it means you've already found the podcast version, so good job. Always believed in you. And while I have you trapped here, we're going to let some of my friends do some shameless plugs for some of the stuff they're doing. Let's turn it over to Chi-Chi.
3: So for this episode, the project that I wanted to plug is Clover. The whole thing is an Electro Swing album for the run 2020s, Ayy! I am a character designer and storyboard artist on the project, and the whole thing is filled with original characters, animations, and it's going to be really spectacular. Oreo is the director of the project, and I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of really cool people on it, so if you get the chance, please check it out. It'll be in the link in the description. So when you do get the time, check it out. It's going to be really awesome. Okay, that's all.
0: (laughs) All right. Next episode is scheduled to go up in two weeks from now on February 6th. But until then, back to the game. Unpause. We cut to the Port Gala Airport, one of the only commercial airports in the Appalachian region. It's well-attended and well-used, but nothing too exciting. Except for today, thanks to a certain someone causing quite the commotion. So Chi-Chi, my question to you, what would a young evil genius like Velma have done to cause airport security to chase her down?
3: She has her desk gun with her, and she refuses to give it up. They would probably be chasing her around the airport.
0: We open up on Velma, jumping over the gates, running for her dear life clutching her dust blaster to her chest and the Officer Jenny and the Growlithe right on her heels. And how we're going to do this is, I think, a ch- little chase sequence. So tell me, uh, how does Velma try to escape?
3: I'd say her method of escape would be to try to evade her through the crowd.
0: So you click on your token and click on Approaches and you go ahead and select Sneaky and you'll contest that against Officer Jenny's careful role to try and track you down. All right. So Velma rolled a 4, which is great, and Officer Jenny rolled a 1, which is average.
3: So Velma sees a crowd approaching her, and she kind of gets this mischievous gremlin look in her eye, and she's like, perfect! And so she rams through the crowd, and kind of, at first people separate for her a little bit, but then she kind of sneaks her way in, and kind of blends in a little bit more.
0: And as you blend into the crowd, the Officer Jenny and the Growlithe come to a screeching halt. And the grout starts sniffing around the ground.
3: She knows that she's probably not going to last very long. Think, 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 What do I do? What do I do? She looks down at her blaster, she looks up at Dust talks. they both kind of give a little nod to each other, and she kind of puts on a mid to low setting on her blaster, and enough to obscure the view.
0: Okay, so what Velma is doing right now is using one of her stunts. Stunts are character specific powers, usually ones that can only be used in specific circumstances. For this one, though, her Dust Blaster, uh, this is based on a mechanic from the Monster of the Weak system. Essentially, she rolls a 12-sided die, 1 is a critical failure, 2 through 6, a normal failure, 7 through 9, a mixed success, 10 and 11, a flat-out success, and 12, a critical success. I need Velma to roll her Dust Blaster.
3: Alright, and it rolls.
0: So you rolled... fail? Alright, so I think what happens is... As you aim it toward the ground and pull the trigger, you hear it sputter a bit. And when you examine it closer, it bursts right in your face, leaving only you, uh, blasted by the dust.
3: So, her next plan of action, she gets down and starts a commando crawl through the crowd, just trying to stay as low as possible now cause her blaster's off the fritz.
0: And as you are crawling, you hear from outside the dust, there, those hair antennas sticking out of the smoke cloud. And you hear the barking of the Growlithe getting closer, and closer, and closer.
3: Okay, we got cheese it! She starts making back a run line through the crowd to try to get to the other side that's more open, towards the next hallway that's on the turn.
0: Alright, that is definitely a quick, and you'll contest her quick. Alright. Okay, so you got a negative one, which is a poor, and she got a two, which is a fair. You try to jump across the moving walkway, but you trip on your own coat, and you land right in the middle of it. By the time you stand back up, you're fighting against the current, so to speak. The one Officer Jenny blocks off one end of the walkway, and a second Officer Jenny has shown up and now blocks the other end. What do you do?
3: Even though it was on the fritz, she thinks that there might be some potential in her blaster again. So she aims it back at the cops, and gives it another pull, hoping that it just takes them out long enough so that she can get away.
0: Well, you're kind of bowling a 7-10 split right here, but yeah, go ahead, roll for that stunt. Okay, she rolled a critical success, which is a 1 in 12 chance of that happening. Uh, She succeeds in what she set out to do and gets to add a little flair to it. So, Chi-Chi, you go ahead and paint this word picture.
3: So, what ends up happening? Her blaster kind of... It spirals around... It hits both cops dead on and it kind of knocks them back a bit and they're just kind of out for a little while. That gives Emily a chance to dash long enough to kind of make a turn at the corner.
0: You're approaching the exit. You can get out of this airport and to Port Gala proper.
3: She's running and she's almost at the exit with her dust talks. We're almost there. Come on, we're almost there. And so she gives one final jump.
0: Suddenly you hear a whoosh. And your feet are now very cold and very heavy, and they quickly bring you back down to Earth. You are now wearing a new pair of heavy ice block shoes prone on the ground, and you turn to see that it's courtesy of this grizzled Vaporeon. Bum eye, torn ear, and he's followed by what you assume is his trainer. This silver-haired man in a scarf and police jacket, handcuffs at the ready. Ah, credit. Maddie, you've spent about an hour stuck on the tarmac waiting to disembark from your airplane due to some incident going on inside the airport. You don't know. But now you and Bellini are finally able to stretch your legs in Port Gala proper.
1: Oh, that plane ride was so long.
0: (laughs) And your sassy little friend gives you a uh, affirming chirp, I guess. What's the first thing you and Bellini do in this brave new world?
1: Uh, I think we uh, first are try and figure out why we're still on the tarmac. Um, we're both pretty annoyed. We're kind of expecting everything to just go really fast. And it's very annoying that it is not.
0: And I'm assuming you you are saying all this to a disheveled, jaded from life, <laughs> airport attendant at the desk.
1: I, I do not understand why this is taking so long. Yes, well, you... I should t- have been off here. An hour ago. I understand. Can that. you please can I... tell me what is wrong?
0: Yes, well, an incident occurred. We had to enact standard security protocols security? To, it, to ensure your safety. We se-
1: only just got here and there is already a problem.
0: Ma'am, we are very sorry for the inconvenience we have caused. Please take this voucher for your next visit to the Pokemart where I, I you... do
1: not even know what to buy with this.
0: You can use that. Wh- at what the... would I buy? You can use that at the PokeMart for whatever you purchase on your next visit.
1: Is there at least a PokeMart here?
0: Right next to the Pokemon Center, ma'am. And she hands you the, uh, the voucher.
1: Thanks, I guess.
0: Thank you for flying the friendly skies with us. We hope to see you again.
1: Yeah, I doubt that. Okay, then.
0: <laughs> you walk out with your voucher into the salty air of Port Gala. What you doing?
1: I want to go to the PokeMart and I guess try and use my voucher for
0: something. As you make your way through the boardwalks, you pass by all these quaint-looking outfits being worn by equally quaint people. Uh, compared to the city life you're so used to, it's actually quite novel. And it's around this time when you hear from behind you, Congrats, the winner is you! And you turn around to see this man. Yellow tank top, mossy colored, shaggy hair, sideburns that fall past his honestly pretty shady face.
1: Who? Me? You know it.
0: You're the 100th person who's passed me by today. How's about a complimentary five-minute spa session?
1: Uh, that sounds nice. <laughs>
0: oh, believe you me, you're going to feel as fresh as a sunflower who won't even know what hit you.
1: Well, I, I have to pass the time, so I suppose I, I can do that. <laughs>
0: all right, all right. And he leads you to this makeshift spa setup. Lawn chair, bucket of mud, bag of cucumber slices. Oh, and there's also a fancy briefcase next to it.
1: What's, what's in that briefcase? Yeah,
0: don't worry about that. Now, let's get you in that chair. Okay. And let's slap these cucumbers on your eyes.
1: Uh, okay, um, uh, Bellini, can you please watch what's going on? I, I, I just want to relax a, li- a little.
0: Oh, uh, Mencino, yeah, cute little guy.
1: Is this custom in in this place?
0: Not from around these parts, then.
1: Was it that obvious?
0: Then one Appalachian special coming up. Now, how's about these noise-canceling headphones for your listening enjoyment? Okay. The moment he places the headphones on your head, uh, the hustle and bustle of the boardwalks is drowned out by this calming new age
1: music. Oh, this is nice. Who who's saying this? Uh, I have no idea what you're saying, but thank you.
0: The calm is soon accented by the slow plops of mud on your face. Like someone building a drippy-ass sandcastle. (coughs) Now, I want you to make a careful check to see how deep in the calm you are.
1: I was going to say, do I need to roll?
0: Yes. A four. That's a great, which means you're still perceptive enough to hear an unusually loud rustling from around you.
1: Um... Uh, hello? What, what's happening? And I, I, like, lift one of the cucumbers off of my eyes.
0: You take a peek and you see the shady man and Bellini struggling against each other. And his hand is trying to muffle the furball's face and that's about when Bellini takes a nice bite out of him. So, yeah, you're being mugged.
1: Excuse-moi! <laughs> <laughs> I just got you. Why is this to
0: me. There's your Appalachee special! And he flings Bellini right in your face. At that point, he scoops up the briefcase and starts to book it. And in his pants pocket, you can see some of your stuff poking out, including...
1: My voucher. I just got that!
0: What you gonna do about it?
1: We're not letting him get away. <laughs>